We are continuing in our Unraveled series. We're talking about how we've all experienced a kind of unraveling lately, haven't we? Uh, All things are changing around us. Yet, for some people, things have been unraveling, and it has nothing to do with a virus. It's just life has been unraveling because that's what life does. Life unravels sometimes. Life is all about things unraveling. But what we have learned is that God often speaks and we often listen when things are starting to get unraveled. Sometimes God speaks when we're not even expecting any kind of change at all. And this is what happens to Paul, who we're going to look at to today. Uh, things were good for Paul. Paul was a top-tier Jewish leader. Paul knew his scripture better than anybody. He followed the law, God's law, of what you're supposed to do better than anybody. When it came to Christians, they were a threat to Paul. Uh, He had them persecuted, and he had them killed. He had the knowledge, and he had the power to do this very thing. When he was on his way to actually persecute more Christians, he was going to a place to find out more Christians. They were actually considered, they called themselves the way, the Christians. That's what they called themselves at the time. And so he was finding out more people who were following the, the way, and he was going to persecute him. But then God spoke. Here is our passage today. It comes from Acts 9, verses 1 through 18. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul! Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground. But when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he said. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings, and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. 
Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Last year, we did something so cool. We had people share their transformation stories. Some people opened up about all the things inside their lives, the past things, the hurts, the pains, the things that we never knew that they were dealing with, whether it was death, trauma, addictions, sicknesses. They were all things that were part of their lives, and they shared it with all of us. Well, we saw that God spoke into each of these lives, and it is easily one of the top ten greatest moments of, of my ministry here, of, of hearing those stories. I love transparency. I love people being open and being like, this is my life. Here it is. This is what God is doing with it. I love that. As I get older, I come to understand people more. I, I learn that we are all products of what we have experienced in this life. I read a story about a woman who grew up in the Westboro Baptist Church. And if you don't know anything about the Westboro Baptist Church, they're the ones that do picketing at some pretty not-so-great times. They, they picket military funerals. Um, they, they picket uh, things for anybody who's friendly with the LGBT community. Um, anyone who is not their form of Christian, they'll picket that. Uh, under those pretenses, they picketed Fred Rogers' funeral because he was friendly with the LGBT community. Um, they often have hateful signs um, saying people are going to burn in hell. Um, just some awful stuff. And there was a young girl who was pictured years ago in a magazine article holding a sign of one of these, these horrible signs, and she just stood there holding the sign that was given to her. And she recently did a TED Talk and talked about it, because she's older now. She shared that at the time she held that sign, she couldn't even read. She was handed by her parents the sign. She then grew up hating all of these people that she was told to hate, who were Jewish, or people uh, who were gay, or people who were not like her or believed like her. As she got older, she would post things on the Internet. And she loved to argue on the Internet, she said that she would love, and she would have these different things that she would do to rile people up, and then she would put some scripture and then tell them awful things. She knew exactly how to do that and was trained to do that. And one day she got into an argument online with, with someone who was Jewish. But the person did the opposite of what uh, normal people did, and they just kept messaging her, getting to know her, and just asking questions. And and eventually invited her to come stay with their family, 
to come learn about their synagogue and, and what she learned. And she noticed that these people were okay. Um, nothing that she was taught. Uh, it was just different than that. Her whole world was tossed around and unraveled. How did you and I get to think the way we do? We were all children at one point, weren't we? Often at night before I go to bed, I stare at my children sleeping. I won't always be able to do this. I look at their innocence, uh, the things that they don't yet know about the world that we know, <clears throat> the things that they haven't experienced before. And I just kind of soak that in as I look at them. I pray that I'm leading them in the right direction. Even when I feel like I'm not, that, that God is using me to, to get them to a place where they will help the world and, 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 and be a better person in the world before they get to experience life as we know it. How can someone who's experienced a life of something change? Paul hated a certain group of people. He hated the Christians. And let's face it, Christians probably weren't the only ones that he hated. He hated anybody that wasn't his form of religion. That's how he was raised. And that's who he became. Anyone who was a threat to his religion, he persecuted against. But then Paul was walking a road to Damascus, ready to get any, anybody who, who was a Christian of the way, right? And, and he was going to persecute them, and he was going to try them, and he was going to have them killed. And then Jesus came to him and said, Saul, Saul! Why are you persecuting me? The interesting thing about this is that Paul just right away said, Who are you, Lord? Like, Paul already knew that this was God. Like, Jesus didn't have to say to him, like, Why don't you believe in, in me? Why, let's have a debate over the divinity of Jesus. They didn't need to do any of that. Paul, as soon as he saw Jesus, he believed. The conversion happened right there. Boom. Saw Jesus, converted. There was not like a, 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 a drop-off time or, or, or any of that. He was just, boom. He dropped to his knees when he saw Jesus. Isn't that amazing? How does God speak to you and me? It could happen like Paul it could happen just like that. But a lot of times, it actually happens when things get unraveled. And here's why. You know, people come to speak to me about their lives sometimes. And, and most of the time, when I speak to, to people about their lives, it's often when things are becoming unraveled. They don't often come to me and announce how good things are, um, the things I always see is people often come when things are tough, when someone's sick or things are going in a not great direction. They're unraveling, right? 
And I find that during these times, it's not just that God is speaking, but it's us who are finally willing to listen. God is, is always speaking. He's always speaking all around us. But we're not always primed to listen. You may have had a time when you have hit rock bottom. And at that moment, you were ready for anything. Anything to, to change, and you'll do anything to start going in a different direction so you don't have to feel this way ever again. And at that moment, you're ready to listen. When Jesus speaks, what he does is he helps us understand our identity. We are created, and we are loved by God. And we have purpose, we have talents, and God helps us to understand who we are supposed to be. God speaks to us, and he helps us to know what's not right. The things in this world that are not right, and the things inside of us that are not right. Things that we're doing. What is not just. You know, Jesus didn't tell Paul to, to stop having Christians kill. He just asked, why are you doing this? That's it. He just, just simply asked why. Um, Paul then did the searching in himself to understand what was going on. That, that, this, you're right, Jesus. This, this isn't right. Jesus never said stop doing it. He just said why. Often when God speaks, he helps us to question our own motives. We start questioning and start things start not feeling so right. Like, I shouldn't be doing this. Uh, is this what I should be doing? Uh, does this line up with what I'm currently doing? Uh, does this line up with how Jesus sees things, how Scripture sees things? Does this line up with my gifts, my talents, and with what is right? Jesus asks us the same question that he asked Paul. Why are you doing this? I talked to a friend who was recently going through a, a tough time, and he was walking through a parking lot, and he found a book, a book that was led by a certain passage of Scripture. And he read it. And it was interesting. He, he thought it was, it was actually um, like a divine intervention, like he needed to read this book. And, and I find that during times like this, like I've been saying, is actually he was just really willing to listen at this time. He said the book, changed his life, but it was his willingness to listen which really changed his life. My often response to people who are finally listening in these rock-bottom moments is listen right now. Because that window, it, it closes. And sometimes event, you wait a little bit, we're not as willing to listen anymore. Um, we tend to stop listening because we start getting into this or getting into that or things don't feel the same they did right when that happened. We stop listening. So when things hit rock bottom, listen. Listen at that moment. Life transformation happens in those moments. I know I often say this, but this time in our life, we're, we're prime for us to be asking these questions. If you were on a road, and Jesus met you on that road, what question would he be asking you? 
Where would his why be? Why are you doing this? What would he point out to you and ask you a question? He wouldn't say, stop doing this. He would just say, why are you doing this? And then you would start thinking about it. What is that why for you? I want you to look at your child self. In what ways were you directed to? If it was correct ways, and you were led in, in great ways by, by good parental or, or good adult figures, I want you to think of that person that led you in that right direction. And I want you to thank them. And if it was in the wrong direction, I want you to think about your child self. And I want you to have empathy for that child self. They had no control. You had no control at that time in your life to be led in that direction. Tell that child of yourself that it doesn't have to look that way anymore. Jesus meets us on the roads to our lives and changes the way we think, the things that we do, just by asking us, why are you doing that? And he walks us into directions that we need to go. He pointed Paul to the person that he needed to speak to, which was Ananias. Jesus does that in our lives, too. But he first asks the question, why are you doing this? But in order to hear the why are we doing this, we have to be willing to listen. Paul was finally willing to listen on that road. Are you willing to listen to God who is always speaking to you? Let us listen to God's voice.